Welcome. Thank you so much for joining in. Before I get preaching the word, I'd like to uh, tell you a couple things. Number one is that uh, I love you. And I'll just envision that you're saying that you, you love me back because I will tell you, it's, it's good to hear. I've been completely missing you guys. And I just long for the day that we can come together again as a church body and worship together. But in the meantime, we will um, be doing it this direction. So uh, before we get in preaching the word, I just like to uh, um, pray. And um, as we pray, then we'll, we'll open up the Bible. God, we just thank you so much for being the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I pray that this Easter Sunday, that the glory of your resurrection would be shouted, would be worshiped, and would be praised, that the entire world could hear. I pray that during this time of crisis that your church would arise, um, that uh, people would see um, your kindness through our behavior, through our actions. God, we just pray that uh, there would just be an overwhelming amount of people coming to the saving knowledge of who you are as a result of the suffering that we are with, that we are in. God, we just thank you for your grace, mercy, and strength. In Christ's name, amen. Before this pandemic started and our services were canceled, I was doing a series called Surviving Suffering. It was a 13-week series uh, before we stopped. I think I got through about 10 weeks of the series. And uh, as we we're going through the series, we we're asking this one question. How do you survive suffering? We all suffer and we all know that, but how do you survive it? Is there an answer in the word of God that God has that would say, this is how to survive it? Is there different principles that we can embrace, different principles that we could hold on to? And during this series, we were finding principles. We were finding what we needed to do to survive suffering. But this morning, we're going to talk about the one strongest, most powerful principle in regards to surviving suffering. And how do you do it would be the question. The answer would be by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just to put that in perspective, if you are suffering with cancer, as you're suffering with cancer, is there an answer of how to survive it, how to get through it? Uh, the answer would be through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you are in an accident and you're disabled and, and uh, you are suffering with that, is there any way to get through it? The ultimate answer, the answer that drives everything, the answer that will give you power to get through it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you've lost a child to death, or even lost a child to suicide, you might ask, is there any hope out there? Is there anything that I can embrace? Is there anything I can hang on to to get through this? And that answer would be through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his overriding answer. In other words, if you refuse the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you getting through it is not gonna work. But if you embrace the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the strength will get you through it. You'll be able to make it. Maybe you've been sexually abused in the past and it is haunting you consistently day after day. How do you get through something like that? It's just in your mind and you're struggling with it and the suffering is deep, the suffering is hard, but how do you get through it? The answer is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then just to put this question in perspective with the way we're living today in the COVID-19 world, um, how do we get through this infection? How do we get through this pandemic? Uh, maybe you even have the infection. Is there any way that you can get through it being infected? The answer is the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the ultimate answer on how to get through it. Loss of family members through the COVID-19. The answer is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you've lost a job and you're going through financial difficulties, is there any way you can get through this? The overriding answer, the ultimate answer is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You might be thinking, well, how does this work? How does this resurrection save me from suffering? How does it redeem me in suffering? 
Peter makes mention of it in 1 Peter 1, 3. And he says one thing. This is what he says. The resurrection gives you a new life into a living hope. How does resurrection heal me from suffering, get me through suffering, help me to survive suffering? The resurrection gives you a new life into a living hope. Let's read the passage and then we'll work through the passage. First Peter 1, 3 through 6. Please open up your Bibles or there are notes um, on the computer as well. It says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Of course, we look at this last verse. In this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief. I think we are suffering grief in all kinds of trials, I would say that is exactly where we're at today. Let's work through the passage. Number one, the resurrection of Jesus solidifies Jesus as Savior of the world. Peter, in his wisdom, as he's writing this uh, scripture, he uh, needs to take the top point. And as he's making the top point, everything rides on this top point. And the top point is, praise be to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that can give you hope. He is the one that can give you a new birth. He's the one that can give you strength. Why is he the only one? The reason why he's the only one is because I'll tell you that nobody taught like him. You ever seen how Jesus taught? I mean, he walked around and as he would teach, he would, he would say that I am the bread of life. One thing that Jesus did not do is that he didn't point this direction and say, they are the bread of life, or he is the bread of life. He's pointing this way and says, I am the bread of life. He's pointing this way and he says, I am the vine. He's pointing this way and says, I am the light of the world. He's pointing to himself and saying, I am the gate. He's saying, I am the good shepherd. Now, if you look at the way that Jesus taught, there is nobody on this planet that has ever taught like Jesus. Nobody on this planet. Muhammad didn't teach like Jesus. Muhammad claimed to receive a revelation from Gabriel, but where was he pointing? He never pointed to himself, saying, I'm the bread, I'm the vine, I'm the light, I'm the gate, I'm the good shepherd. He pointed to Allah. He received a prophecy to point to Allah. He never said this, but Jesus would continue. He would say, I am the resurrection. I am the way. I am the truth. He says, I am the life. Buddha was another person that began the teaching of a path of enlightenment, but he always pointed to the enlightenment. He never pointed himself as the one that brought enlightenment. But Jesus did the opposite of every single religion and every single, te- every single teacher that's ever walked on this planet. Where did he point? He pointed directly at himself. I will tell you that is extremely powerful teaching. But there's something that's scary about this teaching. There's something about this teaching that, um, that cannot happen if you're going to teach this way. In fact, probably this is the reason why nobody taught this way. And the reason why it's scary or the reason why nobody teaches this way is because if you teach that I am the bread, I am the vine, I am the resurrection, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and then you die, then you're not. What's interesting is if you put your entire theology upon yourself, then you can't die. 
There's no way in the world that Muhammad could have done it because his teaching would have died with him if he put his theology on himself, same as Buddha, same as anybody else that's ever walked on this planet, Joseph Smith. There's no way that he can put the teaching upon himself, and that is why Jesus is the only one that taught that way. Now, as he's teaching this way, I'd like to have been a fly on the wall in the upper room with the, uh, with the disciples after Jesus died on the cross. After Jesus died on the cross, they went up to the upper room and they said, well, we followed this man, we followed Jesus, and we followed him all the way, and he kept on saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and now he's dead. Therefore, he isn't the way. Lock the doors. He isn't the truth. <laughs> Keep everybody out. He isn't the life. Like, you just sense the fear that is in the upper room as they have followed somebody that said he was the way, but then he's dead, and therefore that brings everything into question. But of course, three days later, guess what took place? The disciples got word that Jesus rose from the dead, from the ladies that saw an empty grave. And when they did, the disciples, what, jetted out of the room as fast as they possibly could? Because if he was the way, the truth, and the life, and he resurrected, then he would be, he would be God. He would be God. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is either a lunatic or he is God. And what marks that situation or marks that spot is on whether he rose again from the dead or not. Jesus is the only one that rose from the dead. Therefore, he is the only one that can conquer death. Therefore, he is the only one that we can go to for life when we are suffering or even when we are dying. Number two, how do we survive suffering? This resurrection of Jesus Christ gives people a new life. This is how the resurrection helps us to survive suffering. It gives us a completely, entirely new life. First Peter 1, 3, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth. Why do I need a new birth? Why do I need a new life? Why do I need to be born again? I'm just going to talk what everybody knows. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. And what I mean by everybody knows is that if you look at the statistics on, the statistics on death lately, 10 out of 10 die. So if 10 out of 10 die, we can literally say that everybody that is listening to this sermon right now is someday going to die. And the Bible gives the example. The reason why we die is the wages of sin is what? Death. Death is suffering on steroids. Death is the end. Let's look at this from the perspective of the, of the pandemic that we're living in right now. As we're in this pandemic, we're looking for um, salvation. And we're going to the news, we're going to the government, we're going everywhere for the topic of salvation. And the reason why is because we do not want to get the virus. So what does the medics say to us? What does the the wise people that understand the pandemic, understand the disease, say to us, they say, through social distancing, you'll be able to find a piece of salvation. There's a possibility you'll find salvation in regards to this pandemic we're living in. If you wear a mask or if you get a vaccine, we'll be able to survive. If government funding, then our economy will be able to survive. We're looking for all these sources of salvation. Why? Because we want to survive this pandemic. That's what we want to do. But will these things save us? That's the question again. Will any of these things save us? Last week, 
I looked into the mirror. And I'm just going to tell you a story of just me and myself looking into the mirror. As I looked into the mirror, I did not have my shirt on, and I noticed something. I, I noticed that I was fading. I noticed that I was falling. I noticed that I'm losing hair. I noticed that I was getting older. I noticed that I did not look like what I looked like when I was 20 years old. And as I look at that, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I think I'm walking towards death. And that is the answer. <laughs> we are all walking towards death. And our body tells us literally every time we look in the mirror that we are walking towards death. If you escape this pandemic and you are saved and your life is saved, what did it do? If you escape this pandemic and your life is saved, what happened? What did it do? All it did is prolong the inevitable. The pandemic does nothing but give us an understanding of the inevitable. What the coronavirus is doing to people today, something in time will do to you later. It might not be the coronavirus, it might be something else. It might be cancer, it might be heart disease, it might be an accident, it just might be old age. But what people are going through during this pandemic, you will someday go through because 10 out of 10 die and one day we will be in the chair and we will die. So yes, we might be able to be saved from the pandemic. Yes, we might be able to not get it. Yes, we might be able to um, stay away from it, but are we completely and entirely saved from death? We're not even afraid of this pandemic. We're actually afraid of the result of this pandemic. And the result of the pandemic is death, and that is why the world is in a crisis. I want to challenge everyone that is passionately desiring to save themselves from the coronavirus to passionately desire to save themselves from death. You might even think, is this even possible? It is possible because I only read half of the verse. Let's read the rest of the verse. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death and every single one of us is in this boat, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You mean there's eternal life that is available? What is this gift? Do you know what the gift is? The gift is being born again. John 3, 3 through 7, there's a man named Nicodemus. He was a smart man, knew the Bible extremely well as he was a Pharisee. And he had the same question on what does it mean to be born again? There's a gift that's out there that Jesus was preaching about being born again. What does this mean? And, and uh, this is Jesus' reply to him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter into his mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Now, as Nicodemus asked this question, he was uh, even confused at Jesus' answer because there's a lot of theological terms there that are confusing. In other words, he who is born of water and of the Spirit, flesh gives birth to flesh, and spirit gives birth to spirit. That's theological terms that are very difficult, but it's the dynamics of hardware of being born again. But you and I, we just want to ask a question. Just how do you be born again? I mean, if I can be saved from death and I can have eternal life, how do I be born again? 
Well, Jesus answers that in John 3.16. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. How do you be born again according to this verse? Believe that you cannot save yourself. Believe that Jesus lived a perfect life and that Jesus died for your sins because you could not do it yourself and that Jesus rose so you can be born again. That's what the verse says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Of course, I want to ask the question again. How do you survive suffering? Remember what suffering is on steroids? Suffering is death. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. That's why the resurrection is the only thing that can save you from suffering. Number three, the resurrection of Jesus gives people a living hope. Resurrection of Jesus Christ gives people a new life into this living hope. Um, when we look at the resurrection, we think, well, the resurrection is for, um, it's for eternity. I'll embrace the resurrection, then I'll live for eternity. The resurrection is literally for right now. And the reason why the resurrection is for right now is because it gives you a living hope. What is a living hope? It is a hope that is alive. It is a hope that moves is a hope that understands, is a hope that hangs on to, it's a hope that clings to, it is a hope that, that uh, um, allows you to um, get through the things that you're going through. See, what happens with hope is hope is a power that we underestimate. In fact, what our hope is is determined on how we even handle the now. I mean, we could just go ahead and even look at the news. And, and what are we, why are we even watching the news? It's because we have hope that we don't get the disease. We don't get the COVID-19, and since we have that hope, we says, well, what do we need to do not to get it? And uh, since we um, don't know what to do, we get information on what to do. Stay six feet away. Have social distancing rules. Uh, stay at home. Put on a mask. These are things that will generate your hope. If you hope not to die, these are things that, these are behaviors that you will do to make sure that it will not happen. What if they came to us and they said the virus is way worse than we thought? There's no vaccine. This pandemic will never stop. This virus will grow, increase, and spread as long as there is people on earth. The attitude of people would change. The behavior of people would change. The lifestyle of people would change. The priorities of people would change. Well, what would it be changing on? It'd be changing on the term hope. Because whatever we hope in, it determines our behavior right now. Whatever we hope in is determining our attitude, our behavior, our emotions, right now. First Peter 1, 3 says, if you're going to hope in something, you need to hope in something that is not of this world. You need to hope in something that is beyond this world, which means is beyond death. just want to read the entire passage. First Peter 1, 3 through 6, the same passage. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And what is this living hope? This living hope is in an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly 
rejoice. In what you greatly rejoice? Into this living hope. Though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trial. Can we rejoice in suffering? Can we have strength during suffering? Can we have a, a backbone that would allow us to survive suffering, to walk through suffering? According to this, we can greatly rejoice in suffering, but how do we do it? We do it through this living hope that is inside of us as we go through the trials that we are faced in right now. Let's put this verse in perspective. If you are suffering with a coronavirus, you have no hope of survival without Jesus. If you are suffering with cancer, you have no hope of survival without Jesus. If you are suffering in a wheelchair and you are paralyzed, you have no hope of survival without Jesus Christ and his resurrection. If you do not have the coronavirus, you have no hope of suffering, of surviving without Jesus. If you do not have cancer, you have no hope of surviving without Jesus. If you're not in a wheelchair, you have no hope of surviving without Jesus. Just to say it simple, if you are 20 years old, in complete shape, and a great athlete, you have no hope of surviving without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you are the richest person in this world, you have no hope of surviving without Jesus Christ. If you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the day you die will be the last day death will ever take place in your life. In fact, according to the verse, that you will never spoil, you will never fade, heaven is yours, and this commitment is all sealed by the love of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is why the resurrection is the only thing that can save you through suffering, because it is the only thing that can save your life. Now, if you look at this, you might ask the question, well, why isn't the world crying out for Jesus? Why isn't the world starving for Jesus? Why isn't the world hanging on to this resurrection? As we look at the pandemic, the world is hanging on to everything it could possibly grasp to save their life, but why aren't we going after the one source that we can grasp to save us from death? Because remember, the coronavirus, the only thing we're afraid of with the coronavirus is death. The pandemic would not be difficult at all if all we did was get sick. We're just trying to be saved from death. Why don't we ask the question, why don't we go to the source, Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Christ, to be saved from death? If you're listening to this now and you are asking the question, well, give me the answer. Give me the simple answer of how I can be saved from death. Give me a simple answer on how I can have this new life in Christ so I can have this living hope of an eternity with him. Just to be very, very simple, number four, how do I get this new life with a living hope. This is how you get the new life with a living hope. Go to God in a prayer. Go to God right now. Go to God and just say these words, the same words that I'm going to say right now. Jesus, you are God, Master, Savior of the world. Jesus, you died for me to wash me of my sins. Jesus, you rose for me so I can live for eternity with you. Jesus, I want you to be my God, my Master, and my Savior. Taking Jesus as your God, Master, and Savior is being called born again into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are a people that suffer. Every single one of us suffer. And we're not only a people who suffer, we are in a world that is suffering. 
And we'll ask the question, is there any hope? Is there any strength? Is there any source that we can get through it? The only source we can get through it is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Have you taken him? Have you embraced him? I encourage you to do so. Let's pray. God, I pray for our world. I just pray that our world would turn uh, to you, knowing that you are the only answer of salvation, God. God, we might make it through this pandemic, and and we might um, make it better than we thought we could make it. But God, we will not make it through death. Every single one of us will die. I just pray, God, that people would have a hunger for salvation and therefore turn to you, God. I just pray people would be starving for salvation and therefore turn to you. I just pray, God, that as we are suffering right now with a pandemic, that eyes and hearts would be open, God, to a source that uh, we definitely need as people, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. During this Easter, God, I just pray that many turn to you and are saved. In Christ's name, amen.